0: When I was growing up in the late 1940s and 1950s, my favorite baseball teams were the Chicago Cubs and the Pittsburgh Pirates. They were also the worst teams in the National League. Baseball's pennant races were dominated by New York teams, the Yankees, Giants, and Dodgers, but the only race that mattered to me was the one between the Cubs and the Pirates for the National League cellar. In 10 seasons, from 1947, when I was 8 years old, to 1956, the year I graduated from high school, The Pirates finished in last place six times while the Cubs finished last four times. In 1957, as if to celebrate their 10 consecutive seasons of incompetence, they ended up in a tie for last place. There were so many awful players who wore Pirate and Cub uniforms that it was difficult to find a favorite, but I had a special fondness for aging, rubber arm Pirates pitcher Murray Dixon. A small, skinny, little league pitcher who didn't throw very hard I admired Dixon, who, like me, was small and skinny and didn't throw very hard. Dixon, however, was so crafty and inventive that he was called the Thomas Edison of baseball pitchers. In his prime, he pitched in the 1946 World Series with the Cardinals, but in 1952, all his craftiness couldn't save him from losing 21 games for a woeful Pirates team that lost 112 games, the worst in modern team history. My favorite Cub, Shortstop Roy Smalley could throw hard, but he stood out because he had a deformed index finger on his throwing hand and couldn't throw accurately. Frustrated Cub fans, remembering the famous turn of the century, tinkers to Evers to Chance double play combination celebrated in verse by Chicago sports writer Franklin Adams, mockingly chanted, mixes to Smalley to the first base stands. Smalley's deformed finger explains all those bad throws But it doesn't explain why the Cubs kept playing Smalley at shortstop. The Pirates infield had its own claim to notoriety because it was so vertically challenged. Their infielders were so short that they were called the Singer Midgets after the theatrical troupe that provided the actors and actresses to play the Munchkins in The Wizard of Oz. The shortest of the Pirate infielders at 5 feet 4 inches, Clem Koshurik, predictably played shortstop. During their dark years, the Pirates and the Cubs did have all-star sluggers in Ralph Kiner and Hank Sauer, who tied for the National League home run title in 1952. Unfortunately for me uh, and the Pittsburgh Privates, uh, we didn't have good teams. One year in 1948, we uh, we almost got to the World Series but that was the only year and we finished last so many years that it was just ridiculous and then we, one year we lost 112 12 games that record wasn't broken until the Mets
1: came along in 1962 they lost 120 In
0: 1953 however the Pirates decided they couldn't afford the high-priced Kiner and traded him with three other players to the Cubs for $150,000 and six players Among the players' swap were the Pirates' Joe Garagiola and the Cubs' Toby Atwell, probably marking the first time in baseball history that prematurely ball catchers were traded for each other. Dreaming of home runs flying out of Wrigley Field, Cub fans were thrilled with the trade, but they quickly discovered that Kiner was even slower than the slow-footed Sauer. With Kiner and Sauer imitating statues in the outfield, poor Cubs center fielder Frankie Baumholz had to cover so much ground that one Chicago sports writer claimed Baumholt's tongue was sunburned from hanging out so much after chasing fly balls ignored by Kiner and Sauer. Baumholtz's situation was so desperate that Harley Davidson presented him with a motorcycle to help him patrol the outfield. These days, those lovable losers of my childhood appear to be back. If you want to find the Cubs and the Pirates in their division, just look at the bottom of the division standings. They've even declared like my cubs and the pirates in the 1950s that their fans should be patient because they've embarked on a youth movement and will be the contenders in about five years
1: the way we're building this team is going to be fun man this is going to be a fun journey and i think we're going to be able to see guys grow and, and blossom and you know including myself you know I, I have room for growth as a manager i'm very aware of that so that's the part of the game that I'm excited about the dynamic. I I think it creates is, you know, competition and and competition and in multiple spots for the club in terms of, you know, what we're building and how we're building it. I think that's what really creates the uh, competition. How do we build the next great Cubs team? And, um, you know, listen, I I love to win. That's why you do this. You know, obviously um, we weren't winning and and that's incredibly frustrating, but um, you know, you know, the pictures on the walls are not of rebuilds or not of anything like that. The pictures on my wall are of you know, champagne celebrations and, and, and uh, parades, and that's what I want to get back to, and that's what these fans deserve.
0: When I was a teenager, five years didn't seem that bad. But I'm now so old that when my Pirates finally have a winning season, my wife, Anita, will probably have to take me out to the ballpark in an urn. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.